Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. I slowed it down, down that time yeah, on purpose. It's not going to be every time. Okay, I was going to see if you were. No. Yeah. I looked literally like, welcome to. Okay, <laughs> I'm Nick no, Youssef. No, no, no. Like a robot. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Well, we're here. Yep. Uh, it is um, January 12th, the Tuesday. Uh, hope your New Year's going well. Uh, we'll make the intro short and quick, as I don't really have much to promote. Um, but that's not me. Is that who is that? I don't know. Is that me? It must be. It's not me. Where's that coming from? Is that my phone? It just decided to start playing <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> that was fucking weird. <laughs> Must have told your Wi-Fi to do it or something. I, I opened my calendar and it was all, oh, this is necessary now. Were you listening to it in your car? I was listening to it earlier, but yeah. but it was like not even, it was not playing and it was, I didn't even pull up the Apple Music thing. Whoa. Look, guys. Um, wow. So real quick, uh, before the spirit of a legend takes over my phone again. Yeah. Um, Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm going to be uh, playing, headlining the Dead Crow Comedy Club, uh, 29th and 30th of January. So, if you live in North Carolina, come to that. Um, and then the following week, February 2nd through 7th. Oh, it's so many days. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, the Improv at Harris. All week, it's going to feel like a decade. Uh, if you live out there, come to the shows uh, or tell me what and where to go eat and do things because I'm basically going to be moving there for fucking yes. a week. Um, and then, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Irvine. I'm playing the Irvine Improv uh, January 21st through 23rd, and. Uh, February 18th through the 21st, uh, the Chicago Improv. All that stuff will be on my website, nickyusef.com. Gigs, come to those shows, Chicago, North Carolina, Vegas, uh, and more to be added and more to be announced on this podcast and on my website. And what do you got? You going anywhere? I'll be at the store. I'll, yeah. Okay. And then Neil show still, right? Yeah, Neil show every Sunday, Neil Brennan Friends, West Side Comedy Theater. Great night of comedy, that show. Been also, very good lately. Yeah, I'm sure. It's always good. You mean yeah. audience-wise? Just audience-wise. It's oh, been yeah. always it's been like super full lately. Uh, the workshop show is still going to go on, by the way. You guys, some of you have come to that. Um, there's going to be... I'm still working on the January date, so there's going to be one then, February and March. Uh, what's one Wednesday a month? It's a new material night I host at the Comedy Store with just awesome comics. It's not going to be like a Comedy Store lineup. I don't want it to be like that, so it'll be... You know, you'll see one or two guys from there, and then just like really funny, cool comics from around town that should be at the comedy store and will be because they're going to be on the show. So those lineups will be—I'll uh, announce them here and and website and Twitter and all that. So that's a good show. Uh, Rogan does it a lot. Um, it's and everyone's doing new stuff. So even if you see a lot of comedy, you'll see all these guys doing brand new shit. Um, so I think that's. I know I'm forgetting something, but... We're going to have a new t-shirt soon. Oh, that's right. What's yeah. going on with that? Uh, this week, I'm finally not sick. I had to go to an actual doctor, which what? is weird. Yeah, I had to go to urgent care. Urgent care? Uh, not an urgent care clinic, not the emergency room. Oh. Yeah. What happened? I had a, like an actual like fucking respiratory infection. It was so lame. It wouldn't go away. Normally, weird. you get a cold. Three, four days, you lay in bed... 
Take a bunch of Dayquil and Nyquil went away. Yeah. This would not go away. I had to go get actual antibiotics. What the fuck? What, what happened? Is that a thing that's going around? I or? guess, yeah. They said they're just like, there's a... It's Is it contagious? Around. Well, I think at one point it was, but usually contagion... So who do you think you got it from? I got it from Dean. He was oh, the only yeah. sick person I've was was been sick. around lately, and he got sick in San Francisco. We shared a mic. I'm pretty sure I got it from him. Oh. And then, yeah, but it wouldn't go away. It was weird and annoying. Wow. Just coughing up things that look like brain matter. Wow. It was lame. So I went to a doctor, got some actual stuff. That sucks, dude. But then you're fine now. Are you still on the medicine? or is it Yeah, over? I'm still on the medicine. But I can finally, like, be a person, do stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, well. But, yeah, we have the design, and I'm going to go meet with the printers this week, hopefully. And then it's. I feel like it. once I do that, it'll be less than a couple weeks away. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it, guys. New, Maybe we'll tweet the design soon so people can see it. New shirt. I've seen the design, and it's fucking awesome. It is Radtown, USA. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it's from. Yeah. Um, uh, origin of design, Radtown, USA. Uh, destination, worldwide. <laughs> That's where it's going. <laughs> One of the dumbest things you've ever said. Yep. That used to be my location on my Radtown. on my Twitter it's like city. It would just say yeah. it just said rad, and then I changed it to Fucktown, USA. I like when people do <laughs> uh, sent from iPhone jokes or l- put funny things in their locations on Instagram. Yeah, yeah I yeah. appreciate that when it's like always chilies, <laughs> like always, yeah, yeah. always stuff like that. I'm a big fan. Always yeah. like Domino's Pizza in Glendale. That's good. Yeah, it's a fun little yeah one off thing. Yeah, um, my yeah. signature on my email used to be sent from my iPhone while texting and driving. Yeah, good. Yeah. And then you just do it once and forget it's there. Yep. Um, so Sunday night, I uh, went to church. You yeah. did. I went to church. You recharged your soul. I recharged my spiritual batteries. It's a, uh, these are important things to do. They really are. Yeah. And and I realized that after the show ended uh, in more ways than one. But for the layman, by the way, church means I went to see Tool live in concert. Yeah. I didn't go to mass. I didn't go worship God. I went and worshipped the gods of music. Right. Uh, progressive alt metal band tool. Yeah. Everybody. Uh, if right now you're thinking, oh, that's the band that did that song Sober, and then that was it. No. Okay. They turned into geniuses after that. So if, you're, if your musical knowledge of them stops, then no. It's like if you stop listening to Radiohead at Pablo Honey. Yeah, that's true. Or what was the, whatever the one after that? Uh, um, uh, shit. Karma Police? No, no. no. Well, no. Pablo Honey was the one with... Um, shit. I'm forgetting my radio head. This is like sacrilege right now. Yeah. My mind's been on other shit. Yeah. Um, it, why can't I think of any? I've never... This is why I never... The fucking Benz. Yeah, the Jesus Benz. Christ. So that's... If you stop listening... I'm literally thinking of all the songs on it. Yeah. Fake Plastic Trees. Yeah. Um so that's like if you stop listening to Radiohead at the Benz, yeah. then you would never know. Okay, computer, they went to outer space. Yeah. Tool, same thing. After Undertow, they release Anima, and you're like, oh, these guys went to Jupiter and yeah. met with aliens, mm-hmm. and then they were like, here's how to make music. Um, so yeah, so I went and saw them, and it was like always an amazing sonic visual, fucking soul fucking. Do they have good projection stuff in the background and shit? Oh yeah, they're. Okay. I mean, 
Their whole show. Like they is, have lights, but is there is there like a screen behind them with stuff on it? Yeah, there's multiple. There's the oh, one good. directly behind them, two over on the side, and they have one like below the like uh, that runs the perimeter of the drum okay. the stage where the drummer's on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just stuff going on. There's lasers and like it's a very visual. They That's make good. it about that and not like just light shining on the band members and watch them do shit. Yeah. Um, because I, their songs are a kind of difficult to play that I imagine it doesn't lend itself to the musicians like running around and doing stuff. Yeah, they yeah, concentrate. They don't, yeah, they don't really ever do that. They, I mean, they let the you know the the light show and the, yeah. the video kind of speak for and do that for them. So it's very like. It's so well orchestrated and timed, and um, but they're great. They played some older stuff they haven't played in a while, and they reworked some of it, so it was like cool live versions of their songs. Uh, it was fucking awesome. That's my fourteenth time seeing them live. Good, yeah, good. Um, and word is that they're kind of halfway through or more work on their new album, right? Um. Now that all their legal issues and all that stuff is behind them, they're like they're chugging away. So hopefully, I think before the end of the year we'll have something, and then hopefully a world tour or something where they fucking play a Los Angeles date. Quit making <laughs> me drive to other cities, which I will do, <laughs> even if they choose not to play again. Right. Um, so, but yeah, after the show, uh, we got in the car, started heading back to L.A., and then I got a text that just said. From a friend that just said David Bowie. Yeah. And then I responded, yeah, he's great. <laughs> the best. Yeah. And she, because I'm in this venue, the only thing I'm doing is taking out my phone to take a, two, three pictures, put them on Instagram, put the phone away. Yeah. So, and then you don't really have service anyway because everyone's online. So I had no idea what that meant. And then I go, yeah, he's great. Send. She texts back. He just died. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no. I saw it on Twitter because his his official Twitter tweeted something, and people thought it was a hoax for about, I'd say, an hour or two. Yeah, and then it, what time was that? It was probably ten thirty. Oh, so that was like a half hour before the show ended. Because I okay, when I saw that, I was like, I didn't. What the when? Because she yeah. said he died earlier today or today. I was like, he I has didn't. an official Twitter that's not like him doing it. It's like the official fan Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And it posts David Bowie news, and it said like he died quietly. And people thought it was a hoax for a, a, a little while because, you know... Someone hacked into the account. Yeah, but, yeah. and there had been no mention of him having cancer or anything. Yeah, 18-month battle with cancer? I had no fucking clue. It's pretty cool for a guy to not mention the had cancer. <laughs> it's pretty fucking badass. But he... Uh, yeah, so so and it, so I kept searching and searching and searching and searching. There was a lot of people like saying, "Is it a hoax or not?" And then it, by the time I, I drove home, and I didn't look at my phone while I was driving, by the time I got home, it was on AP. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and then it was like, oh, dude. Like, I don't... It's hard to even... It's It sounds like dumb. He's one of those guys that it sounds dumb to say, like, dude, he was so... He was the best. Like, I, I can only... I was talking to... Okay, I read this book recently called Punk Elegies, written by a guy named Alan McDonald. And he was uh, in L.A. at the beginning of Punk in L.A. And right. I was talking about him. I was like, when it first started, what was it like? He goes, well, you got to realize that everyone at that time was just trying to be Bowie. That in, you know, 77, 78, it's that, you know, he gets called proto-punk. Right. But just as far as that being cool and weird at the same time, Bowie's just the the guy. Yeah. He just was like, I'm, 
the, one of the first time the first time he ever got on TV he was seventeen, and he like staged a fake kind of publicity stunt of like a about having long like trying to fight for the rights of men with long hair. Right, right. And he just kind of and he went on like British television and was like and and was being very serious about how men with long hair get like verbally bullied in public. Yeah, <laughs> and was like to, uh, pretending to be like, no, this is a this is a serious cause we need to fight. He was like right. seventeen. Yeah, it was like performance art. This dude, like, I don't... Bowie gets it. He, You know, he got it in a way that I don't know that anyone really did. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think of someone who kind of did that before him. Um, yeah. And then it's easy to think of a lot of people that did it after him as a direct result yeah. of him. There's like, oh, yeah, we all got how to be weird and glam and, and yeah. different and, and, and push the boundaries of things because Bowie did it. But bef- who told Bowie? It's the thing. You're just like, who? Aliens. Yeah, like literally every time you're like, there's a reason this dude, it, it, it's like a joke that David Bowie's an alien because he's like, if anyone's yeah. a space alien, yeah. it's, it's David Bowie. David Bowie. And I if think... any other person's a space alien, it's his wife, Iman. Right. Like, you're like, oh, look, space. They're from David Bowie's been from the future since the late 60s. Right. I think what it is is that I, I think why it strikes a chord with people and like hits home is that like, he didn't like get it. I don't think he got that from anywhere. I think it was like this thing that like exists in people the 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 want or the desire to like express themselves in a way that's outside of the norm or kind of unusual right but most of us go yeah that that's too weird or I'll get a lot of flack or people will make fun of me or they'll think things of me they'll think I'm you know, gay or weird or yeah. this or that, uh, you know, a multitude of things. So you end up just going like, I'll just wear the, these regular colors. I'll just mm-hmm. wear pants that fit this way. I'll yeah. wear this shirt and this hat. But he, I think the only real difference and not to take away from how unique or, or anything he was, but I think the only real difference is he had all those like thoughts and feelings that a lot of us do. And he just said, I'm going to do it and not care. It's almost like he was so busy being it. He he was too busy being it to think about yeah what people would think of him being it. Yeah, he and just I, there, that filter or that like self consciousness that that insecurity thing just wasn't there or wasn't strong enough to prevent him. So he just said, "I'm gonna wear a fucking skin tight silk." onesie dress whatever the hell and then like giant platform yeah knee-high heel yeah well i mean i know uh, i immediately like i uh, i was driving home and i was thinking about i was like man this you know and i got home and i thought and i saw that he was dead i was like that sucks so i did this little drawing yeah and i posted and i I posted this little drawing of i did a lightning bolt with a little eye or whatever and i started looking at instagram and the thing is now if you look at instagram last two days you see it's like 60% pictures of David oh, Bowie yeah. right now. But I realized before that, I look at Instagram all the time. And I look at the explore function all the time. Yeah. It's still, before he died, it was 10% David Bowie. Yeah. I mean, the 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 people uh, doing spins on the Ziggy Stardust lightning bolt f- face paint uh-huh. is, I can't tell you how prevalent it is yeah. in things I see. In skate design, in tattoo stuff, in just art in general, it's like him dying only upped his his like presence visually by like fifty percent. Yeah, it's still there. It's kind of everywhere. I mean, that's like he is a he's a pop culture icon. In, yeah, 
in more ways than just music and like, you know, I mean a little bit in the acting world, but like uh music and style. Yeah. He just like permeates the country and the world and in a lot of ways that you don't even really notice. Yeah. But when you sit there and go, let's trace back where that came from. Mm-hmm. It goes back to like this, you know, 60s, 70s when like people were just becoming freer spirits and going, yeah. I'm going to dress and act however the fuck I want. Yeah. I'll blur, blur the gender lines. But he took it to another level. The, the, the real, I mean, when you think about the gen, his, his mark when it comes to blurring the gender lines is fucking massive. Yeah. So early on that it wasn't you didn't even realize what he was doing until 20 30 years later. Yeah. Like there's a reason that like we're where we are now. He's one of the reasons. Like he started it then. Yeah. When you look at comedy and go why are we allowed to say and do what we want? It's because of like guys like Lenny Bruce, but they did it so long ago the impact doesn't really settle in yeah. until later on, yeah. you know. It takes it takes like a nation or or or, or a culture a while to like absorb whatever change has happened. Yeah. You know, if it happens in 1963, it's not until 10, 15, 20 years later where everyone's comfortable doing it. Yeah. You know, Bowie starts dressing like that. Not everyone in a high school in suburban America is wearing that kind of shit and, and dyeing their hair orange. No. It's 10 or 15 years later when you're like, oh, there's like 8, 10% of people doing this. I think I'll, t- I think <laughs> yeah. I'll take a risk. Yeah. I'll put on some weird fishnet, yeah. the hand arm things. Yeah. You know? No, but- he's the. He's the guy who like was like, I'll take the shit <laughs> like yeah. a lot in a lot of ways. And I think and again, I'm not a music historian. I'm probably a little off base here. Right. But he as far as like setting the tone for the constant recreation of like this is my new persona. Yeah. And doing that repetitively of like no every album's going to be markedly it's it's going to be noticeably different yeah. i'm going to change constantly that's it's a about, huge it's a huge risk it's yeah. a huge thing that like neil young did that yeah. where he would just release an album and it would be a critical and you know financial success and then he would go i don't want to do that again and people would say are you insane yeah that's all your success all the money's gone and that was secondary to guys like him and david bowie and they just were like, it's about the art and the expression and the creativity and moving forward. Yeah. And you got to think so many people around him were like, this guy's an idiot. This guy's insane. I mean, he tried. I mean, he got in a lot of trouble when he did. He kind of dressed like a fascist for a minute. Yeah. Got busted at customs with some Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. And he <laughs> was just doing this stuff. He, the art came so f- first in the process of yeah. it. That the repercussions, he was kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I think, and that to me is what's so fucking badass about the guy. I know he's so incredibly badass. Yeah. I mean, I told you there's this clip. I someone tweeted a clip of it's David Bowie and he's on MTV and it's 1983, which means MTV hasn't been on for very long at all. It's been on for like two years. Yeah, and he's basically le- he's he's arguing. With this this VJ, I forget the guy's name. It was the guy, the the kind of Italian looking guy with big curly hair. Oh yeah. And David Bowie's going, no, no. I, I've been watching, and and um, it's interesting what you guys are doing so far. I like it. Why are there so few black artists on your channel right now? Yeah. And it's not like he's like uh... the guy's like, well, uh, I know for what we want to do, and he's like, no, no, no. But like, there's very few, and I've noticed they're only on between two and three a.m. 
And then Bowie just like sits there and is like, what's so why is that happening? Yeah, waiting for an like answer. he's gonna like he's considering investing or whatever, you know? And it's just like this dude this dude had it so right. And you're just like, where did what it's so interesting when people are like that. When someone for some reason they're just bizarre alchemy of they're so far ahead of the game mentally. Yeah. Where everyone else is just kind of like, well, that's cool. Just and they'll, I mean, it's just they'll say the things that you're not as like a, a star or celebrity kind of supposed to say. Most celebrities would be worried that they're on TV and that the guy sitting across them is going to make them look bad. And Bowie's like, no, man, why is that? Seems sort of dumb and racist. You guys going to fix it? Yeah. And then VJ's like, well, I mean, marketing and blah, blah, blah markets and yeah. uh, 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 this thing. And you're like, what? What are you saying, dude? Because most people would be in the chair going like, all right, now to like make myself look good. Now I have this like forum I'm on MTV. I'm going to like make myself look awesome. So I got to think of all the right things to say and yeah. do and dress and act and like just answer all the questions and smile. A guy like him is just like, oh, I noticed this injustice, so I'm, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it would and seem it doesn't dumb. matter what the outcome is. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's also way braver for someone who's popular to do that. I noticed yeah. that there's there's people who get who who get like political either when there's they have nothing to lose, right, or they're so far past it that they can't. You can't hurt them. You can't hurt them anymore. But like that, he wasn't, he hadn't been big for that long in comparison to how long he was going to be big. Right. He could certainly have pissed people off and it was the early incarnation of MTV. They could have been like, let's not show David Bowie videos. Yeah, we but can't he, have that guy back on the on He the understood his power enough to where he's like, well, if you're going to, if I'm going to spend my, if I'm going to use some of my record label budget to make music videos to provide content for your channel, I want to talk about some stuff. Yeah. You know, he's a big... He had a real. I'm sure he had a real sense of like music history and the people that matter. He's like, there's actually a lot of uh, people of color doing interesting shit. Yeah. You seem to not be putting them on your ne- network. Why is that? Yeah, I you have a, that, it's a 24 hour channel. What's the problem? That was like the end of his like uh, soul phase too, mm-hmm. like that Philly soul thing that he, yeah. he was doing, which made so, uh, some great albums. But he, I think he was like deep into that, so he was probably extra aware. Yeah, you know, it's like we're all the fucking black people who make real music. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I talk, I was talking about this last night with Neil. Like, I watched the Golden Globes and like, you know, the, the presenting parts are lame and, and they're usually ham fisted and, but like Kevin Hart did a really good job and he just like was really professional and energetic and you're like, Kevin Hart had to be so good just to get normal famous. Right. That it's just proof that it, like there's certain people in show business where you're like, there's, they're proof that Hollywood's still racist because right. they're so super good that you're like, yeah, Kevin Hart's so fucking funny and he had to become... He had to fill like stadiums for someone to be like, yeah, let's give him a normal comedy that will give some garbage white person. Yeah, give four of those to a garbage white person. Yeah, exactly. Like a, just a boring ass actor who's like okay or funny-ish. Yeah, but like Kevin Hart's straight up funny a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and and but like you and, and, per, and but like perfect, like no mistakes really. Like some movies maybe he didn't love, but he's like keeps it like tight. Yeah, he delivers. Yeah. But they'll they'll let Will Ferrell do a movie in Spanish. Not that Will Ferrell's not hilarious, but they let him do a movie in Spanish. Right. That made eleven dollars. <laughs> I saw it in the theater. It was horrific. So you're the guy who paid. Yeah. I was like, 11. this is weird. And I was like, God. And I left mad. I was like, God damn it. Right. Yeah. A David Bowie quote. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. He's fucking this guy, dude. Yeah. Who can say that and then follow through? Bowie could say he could get away with so much weird shit. I know. Also, dude was ki- he's was kind of hilarious. 
Yeah, he was funny. There's a he was on, he was really funny on extras. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Zoolander. Yeah. I mean, he his first big hit was you know, Space Oddity. Right. Ground Control to Major Tom, which that's like spacey and weird, and like, you're like, dude, are you? What are you? He had a real obsession with the, uh, with the outer space. Yeah. Then I mean I think the ne- the man who sold the world, right? Fucking epic song. Um, I first discovered that song watching Nirvana's Unplugged. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck, Nirvana song is this? This is yeah. amazing!" And yeah. they were like, "Oh, that's a David." And you didn't even find that out like that week or that month because there was no googling. You just had to. Someone had to know about it. And yeah, they told you. Like, oh, my older brother. Listened to Bowie and he said that was a Bowie. Oh, cool. And then, you know. The problem with like our age group and anyone younger is we heard a lot of this shit out of order. Yeah, you hear a lot of like, you hear changes a lot or, changes or young the, Americans on the radio. Yeah. So you get tired of a lot of like Bowie songs or China the, Girl. Yeah, Beatles and, and, and all these like different artists at, that they just hammer you with like their big hits. Yeah. So when you hear certain songs, you're just like, oh, this again. But then when you get into the albums and listen to the albums, you're like, Oh wow! Yeah, like there's like some real shit. That's why they're playing this single because this guy just like made amazing music, like beginning and like uh, "Rebel Rebel" is a good song. Ugh. You hear it a lot, and it doesn't really do much for you. But that entire album mm. that it's on, Diamond Dogs, is yeah. so great. I fucking love when David Bowie makes a stripped down rock song. Yeah, it is a goddamn banger. Yeah. I mean, Rebel Rebel is so good. I know. But yeah, I think I probably first heard Changes. Or the, you know, the, the Christmas song with Bing Crosby? <laughs> Which <laughs> dude, one was little that? Drummer Boy? Oh, I, know. Well, I probably heard it. Oh, but... dude. It's fucking beautiful. Oh, and, yeah. and Bowie and it makes David Bing Crosby look punk as shit. Right, yeah. You're like, first of all, whose idea was it? I'm thinking it's David Bowie's. Right. And then they sing Little Drummer Boy. It's beautiful. And you're like, Pink Crosby's kind of cool as shit right now. Sing with David Bowie. Um, but yeah, songs like Changes and, and the big ones. Dancing uh, in the Street with Mick Jagger. I probably saw that on MTV like 10 million times. Right. When he did uh, Under Pressure, that was great. Fuck. With, uh, with Freddie Mercury. Fuck. Um, that was pretty awesome. The first few times I heard that on the radio, I was just like, where has this song been my entire life? Why am I just now... And that's what I, I like. He's a guy that like it, you get the sense that he wanted to just be in a band, but like he kind he of did. you know he toured with with Iggy, yeah, and he anonymously played the drums. I think yeah, it was. and just the, went Ig- on tour. Iggy toured with him too and played piano. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> he's just like I'm just gonna do cool shit with cool artists. Yeah, they sit there. There was I was watching. Maybe it was behind the music, and Iggy's like, yeah, we we decided we both needed to kick heroin. So I went on tour with him. We were trying to kick heroin, but we went to Berlin, the heroin capital of the world. Right. He's like, and then I quit the tour because we had some fight. Like, I don't like your pants. And he was like, I don't like your hair. <laughs> like, and we broke up. That's where he got sober, though. Yeah. They in, managed to do it. In in Berlin. And then he, yeah. he made all those like weird fucking uh, techno-ish records with, with Eno. Yeah. But the, um, he got the sense that he wanted to be... In a band, I mean, he's talking about it in 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 Ziggy Stardust that like the, the you know he got too big for the band and he's standing out that like he seemed to be a guy that wanted to be around musicians and and like you know that kind of collaborative what do we do let's make it weird let's push it kind yeah. of thing, but he was just 
he was so David Bowie that people were like, no, 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 you're like the best. <laughs> you have to be this massive star. And I think maybe that's why he changed so much so he could like, okay, what can I be that's different now? And then I can, that'll give me an excuse to like form Tin Machine right. or whatever. And then I can be surrounded. I could do like this new thing and like work with this different person and, and whatever. But he seemed to be a guy that was just obsessed with music, like obsessed. He just like cared about like the making of it, like, and he wanted to like. That's it's so hard to find bands that continuously push the envelope and ch- like reinvent themselves without a care of like it ruining their you know career or like their perceived image. Yeah. Um. Normally, you get a band that like is derivative like a lot of bands are when they start that you can you can really hear and see their influences and then like they figure out something that clicks and then they just kind of copy that Mm -hmm. album that they got them big two or three times until they fade into obscurity and then you sort of forget about it but the bands that stick around are the ones that keep changing and during that change you get annoyed or they lose some fans or you go what the fuck are they doing yeah but like you know the artist's life is like long. The career is long if you're in it for that. So like when you l- step back and look at the trajectory and what they're doing, you go, oh, I see. Like but when you're like kind of tunnel vision on it, when you're looking like song per song or album per album, you don't really get what's going on and you're kind of annoyed and you can't stick with it because it's familiar and you liked it. So you kind of want more of the same. But yeah. if you kind of let them do their thing and like just kind of try and follow where they're going and they're if they're good if they're very talented like you know you're a bowie or a prince or neil young or whatever they'll they'll take you there you just gotta like trust that they'll do it but bowie's one of the dudes that like invented that as a thing yeah it was most a lot of artists just were like nope here's the other song that sounds like the other song that you liked yeah because you know i think it's so hard to get big as a musician you kind of understand why they're like look look we we need a hit yeah and he like as i was reading through a lot of these you know, his discography and stuff, it'd be like, this one peaked at number five in the UK. It's like he wasn't making number one hits like all the time. This yeah, stuff was really, sort of weird. It was. And that's, I mean, people later on look back and go, oh, these were conceptual albums that now stand the test of time and are awesome. And then you see their inf- what their influence did. You ca- you've gotten used to that kind of music. Yeah. You know, you see what it's done. And then you look back and go, oh, I get it now. Because then you're just like, this is new and weird. Like the first... When punk first came out, like all those noise rock, you were just like, this is noise. Yeah. And then it kind of starts to make sense later on. To some people, you know, the music savvy people, they kind of get it right away. They go, oh, this is the next thing. This is new. Yeah. I'm on the ground floor. I know what's going on. But your average person at first is like, I don't get it. In the same way, like, you know, stylish stuff like kind of starts in certain areas of the country and you see people wearing that go, what the fuck? Why is that guy wearing boots like that or jackets like that? Yeah. And then three years later, they're at an urban outfitters and everyone has it on. Yeah. And they go, no, yeah, it's cool, bro. You're like three years ago, you were fucking calling that guy a queer, you know? No, like the, the elastic band uh, pants with the, like the elastic on the bottom. Like now, like three years ago, they just look like fitted. Yeah. yeah. Dumb Kanye pants. But now I see them on everybody, everybody. Yeah. To where I was like, I'm too old to get that. But my in my head, I'm like, do I need to get those pants? Right, yeah. yeah. I, I will get them as fitted sweats. Yeah. But I won't get them as like fitted jeans or anything like that. I, I just think I mean, that looks silly. Bowie put out 27 studio records. I know. Tw- but like... It's a lot. 
when it's interesting when someone's been around that long in your head you're like there's probably like 10 albums 15 albums like nope there's like f- tons and tons and tons of material yeah i mean he was putting albums out too for a while like one a year yeah but back then though like the, you know you're putting albums out on on the lp format so they're not like it wasn't like the late 80s into the 90s where albums were like 78 minutes long or whatever. Yeah. Like they're under an hour, yeah. they're, you know, which is not to take away from, you know, anything really. But because a lot of like they're old when you listen to like old comedy albums, like there were comics that put albums out like a, like once a year or whatever, or mm. sometimes more or whatever. And you're like, how the fuck? But they were like 40 minutes long or yeah. something, like 37, 43. So... But, I mean, for them to be really good is another thing. Because there are a lot of ba- bands and artists that put out album after album. You, you have certain bands you barely heard of. They have, like, nine studio albums, which mm-hmm. is not that common. Yeah. Like, for studio albums to be put. Like, the label had to go, we want you to put out a ninth album. And it's like no one really knew. But, but yeah, 26 is a lot. And to stay, like respected and relevant all the way through that i mean there were like obviously downs and ups and stuff but i mean look at the way it is now the guy's dead and no one is anything but like i've never i can't think of anyone ever making fun of david bowie yeah i don't yeah he was never like a cultural joke at any point no because he never like he got out of the drug thing early on before it became like you know, yikes. Um, <laughs> like he rode through that and it was a little weird, but he was already weird. So you never knew what, you're yeah. like, is he high? Is it that, but he cleaned up and got his shit together and just, you know, kept going. And then he, for someone that took that many risks, he really did a good job of like managing, managing it, you know, and never got away from him. Yeah. Because people were just almost like, what is going to happen next? Yeah. You know, and then whatever it was, was, interesting and good and like thoughtful it wasn't like what you know your lady gagas and people like that are doing which is just generally like a copy of a copy of a copy right and they don't really have a lot of it doesn't seem like a lot of control over it it's like a manufactured thing but it doesn't really come from like within so they they're not taking it in a direction they're sitting there in meeting rooms going like where are we going yeah without any real you know like vision for for the future because like a a guy like him it just was like it came really came from like within i need to express myself in this way not like let's crunch the numbers yeah you kind of feel like he was the one being like i want to make an album with this guy or i'm gonna go find it's gonna be like this it came from his own personal interest which is why it seems so some of it seems so weird because it wasn't it didn't seem like marketing based at all he got a lot of shit for that though career wise like people would like critics and stuff would would say he's just like uh, jumping on trends and styles and then reinventing himself in that way and like i mean i wouldn't argue too much against that but like he still did it so well yeah and i don't mind I don't mind someone great's spin on something. Right. Like Madonna reinvented herself and she got shit for that too. She's like, well, now she's an 80s person. Now she's this. But she's so talented and so good. You're, it's part of the evolution. You know, yeah. if you're going to grow and you're like – and you're an artist of whatever kind and you're speaking about your personal life or a reflection of what's going on in society, you're obviously going to change with the society. Like yeah. you can't look like you're from the 60s in 1987 then you're yeah. then the criticism is they're out of date yeah so like 
And that's the problem with critics is that they're always finding something wrong. That's their job. Exactly, yeah. So they say that kind of stuff about Bowie and, and, and Madonna and, and whoever else. But it's like, well, what, what's the alternative? Yeah. Don't ever change? Then you're going to criticize how they don't ever change. One of my favorite David Bowie songs is uh, probably is one of those times where he heard music going in a direction. He was like, I like this. I want to make a song like this. So I'm going to call Trent Reznor. I'm going to yeah. make I'm Afraid of Americans. Yeah. And that sounds like a Nine Inch Nails song, like uh, a, a, a a more a poppier Nine Inch Nails song uh, with David Bowie. And I fucking love that song. Yeah, it's cool. It's it was for a good. movie. I don't know. It was for a movie. Okay. Yeah, they did it for, uh, well, let me Google it. That song's good as shit, dude. It's I remember the funny. video. It's fucking good. And you're like, he was probably like, oh, you know what? I, this this Nine Inch Nails thing's kind of interesting. It's industrial. It sounds. It reminds me of what I was doing in the seventies, but it's harder. I'm gonna call him, and you know, Reznor's at his home. Like David Bowie's on the phone. You're like, hey, David Bowie. Like it's fucking cool. And it was he, uh, originally appeared as a rough mix on the soundtrack to Showgirls. Out of shut all, up. Out of all things, yeah. Well, something good came out of that film. I know. Man, that fucking movie. That's that 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 song is so good. Yeah, I remember the video. I was just like, what is happening? You had right like now? lots of black oh. eye makeup on. You had a shiny black jacket. Yeah. Ugh, it was good. And he, you know what he was wearing? A fucking turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. David oh, Bowie oh. ahead of the curve. David Bowie stayed wearing a turtleneck. I'll get a fucking turtleneck right now. He could, I mean, if you want to talk dudes who could wear whatever they oh, wanted. Yeah. He is that dude. He could wear a, like a double. You know those mock turtlenecks that are kind of half. He yeah. could go. He could have gone double, and it's like that thing's covering half his mouth. I see David Bowie <laughs> walk down the street in a Von Dutch T-shirt. I buy yeah. a Von Dutch. T-shirt. I'd buy buy company stock stocks in the company. <laughs> <laughs> you like know, you actually a, could. Was it? Was it? You could buy stock in David Bowie. What? It was either him or Sting. Look it up. At one point, you could buy David Bowie futures. David Bowie, Bowie Stock. Bowie Stock? It was him or Sting, dude. That's I remember weird. this. <laughs> I don't think it worked. Um, it with a, he, he launched the first Bond back by a back catalog. Yeah. The you bought, Bowie Bond. Oh, so you bought stock in his, in his, his catalog. In the future profits of his back catalog. I thought it was like in him as a human. I'm like, what? Kind of That's is. not... It kind of is because if he would have gotten super lame, he would have like you know his back he did catalog. Ninety seven, yeah. <laughs> he raised fifty five million by promising investors income generated by his back catalog of yeah. twenty five albums. Sold his rights to future royalties for music recorded before nineteen ninety to a group of investors who then issued a ten year bond. The man behind the Bowie bond was banker David Pullman, who claimed it was the first time a musician had sold intellectual property rights via a bond. And then he created similar deals for James Brown, Ashford and Simpson, and Marvin Gaye. The concept even spawned a novel. I'd, I would be curious to see what that bond ended up being worth. While the arrangement may have been lucrative for Bowie, it does not appear to have paid off for investors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was literally the next sentence right when you said that. Yes. Um, Which I'm sure he knew. Some guy was like, you want $50 million for your back catalog? And he was like, yep. Wow. Yeah. Oh, you know what did it? It was the online music thing. 
Oh, yeah, that makes total if, sense. If that hadn't happened, the investors would have made money. You know what's interesting is in 1996, David Bowie released a record on the internet. So he obviously saw yeah. the online music thing coming and was like, you know what I should probably do? Get a lot of money for the shit I'm not going to be able to get a lot of money for later. There is a, the quote I was trying to look for. I read it, I think, yesterday. Um, it's a, it's like two paragraphs, but it's it's very like, the, I mean, the foresight. Um, he goes, this was 2000 one or two or something like that i don't even know why i would want to be on a label in a few years because i don't think it's going to work by labels and by distribution systems in the same way the absolute transformation of everything that we ever thought about music will take place within 10 years and nothing is going to be able to stop it i see no point in pretending that it's not going to happen i'm fully confident that copyright for instance will no longer exist in 10 years and authorship and intellectual property is in for such a bashing Music itself is going to become like running water or electricity. So it's like just take advantage of these last few years because none of this is ever going to happen again. You'd better be prepared for doing a lot of touring because that's exactly the only unique situation that's going to be left. It's terribly exciting, but on the other hand, it doesn't matter if you think it's exciting or not. It's what's going to happen. <laughs> and that's literally what's happening. Yeah, The yeah. copyright thing, not yet, but I mean that you... Music will be like running water, electricity, and you better start touring because that's how you're going to make money. He's right about the copyright thing because it it's it's not going to get it is it has gotten a beating because having the copyright to your own publishing because of Spotify is close to worthless. No, no, he said I'm fully confident that copyright will no longer exist in ten years. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, intellectual property is in for such a bashing, and it is that part is true because yeah. it's like. You're not fucking making yeah, making shit off shit anymore. But yeah. and then next paragraph, you better start touring because that's the only thing that's going to yeah. do it. And that is exactly the state of the music industry right now. Mm-hmm. But like guys like him, fucking early on, were like, "This is where it's headed," and you'd be stupid to deny it. You just go with it. You yeah. cannot stop the change that's coming. Yeah. And it's a little easier for guys like him to say who are like are sitting on a mountain of money and they've already made all their, but. I mean, those guys were right. Yeah. Bowie was right, man. Yeah. One of my favorite things he did later on, and I tweeted a link to it, was like he was into, and a lot of older artists don't do this. They like, they're like, oh, I get all my music info from my kids or whoever. Like, they don't know a lot of what's going on with the mm-hmm. younger generation because they're just listening to world music or weird shit or like nothing. <laughs> I'm serious. A lot of older artists listen yeah. to like weird. They go, "I'm really into like experimental Latin jazz from Chile." You know, like they listen to that stuff because like they've listened to so much music, and a lot of them are real musicians. So that's what's interesting, you know. So they're not listening to like the fucking radio or like you know what like current pop rock acts are doing, you know. But he would be like he was early uh, an early proponent of the Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. He was just like these guys are great. They're going to be big and like that. And he did it with TV on the radio. Like press from David Bowie. If David Bowie comes out and goes, I'm a really big fan of this band. I think they're great. Rolling Stone and Pitchfork. All these guys are like, okay, let's, you know, let's figure out what they're about. Let's see how good they are. And then he would like go on tour with them and shit. Like the the link I tweeted was him singing Wake Up with the Arcade Fire on stage. Like a guy in his 50s or 60s, like he doesn't need to be doing that. Also, like, being in Arcade Fire and just being like, did you guys remember when David Bowie came on tour with us? Yeah. Remember when he was like, can I sing a song with you in concert? Like, shit's crazy, man. That, for any band, 
if your band ended the next week, would you'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. I'm good. We're David, good. David and, Bowie endorsed us and then sang with us. And it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. He knows. He knows is like he knows what he is. He yeah. knows he's David fucking Bowie. He yeah. created himself. His real name wasn't David Bowie. Yeah. He gets it. He's like, yeah. I'm going to go on tour with these guys. It's going to blow their minds. I'm going to have fun. Right. It's good for everyone. Yeah. If you want to hear a day, uh, he, he was a big, he loved TV on the radio. So on their album, Return to Cookie Mountain, which is one of their best, he sang on the song Province. So if you're into TV on the radio and you didn't know that, go back and listen to the song Province. It's one of their best songs. But he's singing like background vocals on it. It's so fucking cool. It's a great song too. But Dude. he's fucking on it. Motherfucker. He just one day was like, hey, I'm going to help this band and just like sing some shit. I feel so bad for Iman right now. Oh, I know. And his kids. It's like getting to know David Bowie on a personal level. Yeah. Twitter shut down. Twitter became 100% David Bowie. And also oh, yeah. to the point where... Every time someone very um, beloved dies, uh, people start tweeting about it. Right. And then, in uh, based uh, out of the 400 people I follow, there's routinely three or four comics who begin to make fun of uh, the the group grieving. Right, right, yeah. And what I liked this time is it was so overwhelmed by people being like, David Boy's the shit, it just stopped. People making jokes about like, oh, I guess I better... To say something about David Bowie, it's like they, they just they went away. Yeah. It was like, no, man, I get, yeah, yeah, you're right. We're all doing a thing together. There's a reason, right? Because this guy was the best. Yeah, and don't be and and like, oh, you're are you saying he wasn't the best, or you're yeah. like, oh, everyone's doing it? Yeah. So what? Yeah, sometimes that's what is necessary because someone is so universally beloved. Yeah, and. The fact that that many people are having a common reaction mm-hmm. to one person and what they did because they did it in a way that was kind of right is fantastic. And uh, like uh, one of the big trends I saw with the <clears throat> with the like uh, the outpouring of like grief and love and, right. and, and support and all that was how many people specifically said they loved him and are sad because he touched them in a way that was not common back then in like the 70s 80s and and probably even the 90s where he made it okay for them to be outcasts or weird he he made it like he he basically told them it's okay to be different it's okay to like look and act different or be or be seen as what is now considered different if you were like gay or bi or transgender or just had like a very effeminate way of looking dressing or acting Mm -hmm. he Without even saying it, he just was doing it. So you were like, "Well, if he can do it, then it's fine." And that got a lot of kids. Like I, I was I like, I appealed. Not I appealed. Like those artists appealed to me. Like guys like him and like Marilyn Manson and yeah. and people that were in Madonna and Michael Jackson. Like there was something, and I didn't know it when I was a kid, but there was something about. I'm saying with Madonna, Michael Jackson, because I was like eight, ten, eleven. I was just like. There's something so interesting about what they're doing, and yeah. and I connected to it because it was just different. I think with people like them, Madonna, Michael Jackson, David Bowie, Prince, they're, Prince, they're all so concerned with something being interesting and artistic that it doesn't matter to them where it 
came comes from. Doesn't matter. There there aren't lines in the same way. There aren't gender lines in the same way. If something's interesting or they find it beautiful yeah. or compelling, the source is it doesn't. Who gives a shit? They're just like that's what is that? I want to do that or I want to make that or I want it to look like that. And where it comes from, they don't have those like preconceived hangups or like, well, if I borrow from this, people will think I'm this. They're like, no, no, but that's great. Who cares? Right. But imagine, I mean, you and I are too young, but imagine being 15 or 16 when Ziggy Stardust comes out. Yeah. And you're a kid who feels different or feels weird or want and doesn't fit in. And you're like, oh, fuck. By, by the time you and I were teenagers, the people that were inspired by David Bowie were, were doing that. So, like, you know, if, if you like Marilyn Manson, huge, huge, hugely inspired by David Bowie. Oh, for sure. And so, and so a you, lot of other guys that like Alice Cooper and, yeah. like, and people like that. Who Tons are of people also, like that. Yeah. But every you all, everyone at a young age has that has that if you are a person that wants to maybe try to be different or unique or you, or you feel different. There's a person that you see first or that you meet and right. you're like, well, you do it. I think you're cool. I'll do, you have tattoos. You dress different. Right. You you have this hairstyle. You dyed your hair, whatever it is, and he was that guy on a fucking world level and one of the first. I'm sure there's someone before him that I don't know of <laughs> that maybe wasn't as big that he saw and that you know he he was like you're, you're crazy and you're doing awesome shit. I'm gonna like be yeah. inspired by you, but he was the one who was huge and did it on a huge level and it was just a fucking massive calling card for anyone in the world to be like, you want to be weird? Be weird as shit. Yeah. It's totally cool, and it will work. Be yourself. Go be weird as hell. Yeah, and it'll work only in the sense that, like, on a soup, on, like, in a microcosm, it'll work because you will just be able to exist as you want. Yeah. Right? It's not even it'll work because you can be famous for doing these weird expressive things, but you can just, like, instead of having the desire to, like, dress a certain way because it just fucking feels good to do yeah you can just now do it and then feel that sense of like oh i feel comfortable because this is what i want to wear or this is how i want to have my hair or this is the way i want to talk and the shit i want to listen to and tell people that i like you can just fucking do it and then live your life as opposed to like keeping all that shit bottled up yeah and then that in and of itself is like that's a personal victory and growing up you know, we grew up in the suburbs, right? So there was not a lot of people like acting out in that no. way, right? You had maybe two, three, or four or something like that yeah. per grade or some shit. Um, so it was never like something you could just like walk outside and I'm fucking weird now, you know? Mm-hmm. But you turn on MTV or like or whatever else back then and you see a guy or look at an album cover in a record store and you go, oh, well, I mean, that guy's doing it. And then you listen to their music and you're like, he's saying cool shit. He's doing it in a cool way. A lot of people are starting to like this. Yeah. I'm going to fucking kind of take on some of that. I'm going to like dye my hair now. I'm going to dress a little weird and then go, dude, how fucking cool is David Bowie? That's why I'm dressed like, fuck Mm -hmm. yeah, he is cool. I'm going to start wearing, I'm going to dye my hair every four days now. And it's tiny things like that where like, you know, people that have very quote unquote normal lives. Right. It's like you walk by their cubicle and you notice like, She's got like sweet lightning bolt earrings or like a little David yeah, yeah. Bowie thing on her desk. And you're like, like uh, April, our friend April Richardson yeah. told me that the way she became friends with Dave Grohl is because when she worked at Chelsea, her desk was fucking insane. Like obviously. a shrine to music. Yeah, it was yeah. just 
the and the kind <laughs> of stuff in it, little posters and things in it, were you know very obscure and, and like he, oh, yeah. Dave Grohl like cruised past her desk and was like, whoa, what? Whoa, whoa, yeah. like, you know the kind of shit. And he was like, oh, you're into some serious shit over here. And she was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like you know we know classic April. But I was like, oh uh, yeah, word, I'm definitely into dope yeah. shit. Uh, you know it, <laughs> yeah, like Dude, uh, let's like be friends. <laughs> yeah, here's a VHS tape, <laughs> you know, like. But that it's that it's those tiny little calling cards that it and then what's and you and I both know this is it's 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 done under the guise of like I'm unique, but it's basically a way to find other people that are quote unquote unique in the exact same way. Yeah. Like, yo, I love the same shit as you. There's just less of us. Right. Let's hang out. Right, right. But it's that thing, it's that those little things where you find out someone's like this is so dumb, but you find out like Ann Coulter loves the Grateful Dead. Right. And you're like Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> like, you're super into this. She's like, I'm super into the dead. You're like, okay. Well, That's yeah. weird as hell. But if you cruised by, like, Ann Coulter's desk or whatever, and you saw, like, one of those bears, you're like, is that a Grateful Dead bear? Yeah. It's those little things that tell you. And you're like, oh, you're a human. Yeah. You're, okay. It cool. tells you more about a person than just their job or their car or right. the outfit they wear at work. Where you're like, oh, no, uh, on weekends I dress up. Uh, I do the Rocky Horror Picture thing. You're like, Really? Like, yeah, I do the Susan Sarandon character. You're like, oh, fuck, cool. He once said about style, style is about the choices you make to create the aspects of civilization that you wish to uphold. God damn it, David Bowie. Yeah. That's God like damn a, it, David Bowie. That's a thoughtful quote about why you would dress and act. I, you're like, I care about efficiency. I care about design. I care about this. Yeah. Fucking. And the aspects of civilization that he wished to uphold were apparently the unique individual should be. I mean, if you just like that's just me looking at him and his style. I go, I think what you were trying to uphold was be yourself, create what you want, do what you want, be who you are. And that's your focus through life. And also don't be afraid to be inspired by things that aren't you make a soul record because Right. That says like, hey, just so you know, there are people over here who aren't like you who are making really good shit, right. really interesting shit that you should know about. And I'm inspired by that. It's like, you know, everyone kind of will clown the the Paul Simon African records, but they're good. Uh-huh. And I didn't know about that music till I heard that shit. And it may, and if I was and if I was like blown away by it, I'd be like, who are these guys? You're right. like, oh, he performed with this orchestra. So you look up that orchestra. You're like, oh, they're the, they're from this area. They were on this label. This label made that. It's like liking everyone likes Bob Marley, but you like Bob Marley and the Whalers. You look up Tough Gong or whatever their label. And you're like, who else was on this label? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it it's it, all that stuff is just they're little doorways into new into other kind of shit. It's like okay, I like glam rock because I like David Bowie. Well, who else makes glam rock? Oh shit, T Rex is pretty good. Right. So that's how you learn about all that stuff. And there's no way he didn't know he was doing that shit. And that's what's so goddamn cool. His hair... David Bowie never had a bad hair day. I know. He had a lot of interesting ones. In his life. (laughs) A lot of interesting hair days. (sighs) This is a rough one, man. It really... Like, it's funny because... When I found out about it, it was like after I left a live concert right i Where, found myself wondering if they announced it at your concert no like, no one i mean if it happened at 10 30 that concert got out at 11 right and i'm telling you no i mean there might have been five people fucking right. sitting there scrolling through their twitter or something during yeah. there was an intermission or during like a you know um 
and maybe they saw it, but I doubt anyone started announcing it to anybody. And there's no way, you know, uh, not a band like that's going to stop the show and make the announce. Tool fans aren't phone lookers at, or at during a show. Yeah, not really. They're more, into, they're just, they're fucking like, yeah. let's get into this. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really even have like good service. I posted like two or three pictures, but each one took thirty minutes to upload. But I mean, I just put my phone away, and then at the end of a song, go, "Oh, wonder that picture went up, failed." Yeah, re-upload again. So there's not a lot of people who had the chance even to sit there and just bullshit on their phone and stuff. But I was thinking too today. I was like, if if I did find out during the show, would I've turned to my friend and be like, "Dude, guess what happened?" I would have been like, "Probably not." Yeah, I would have waited until it ended, or if I went like. Oh my god! And he was like, "What's wrong?" No, nothing. No, seriously, what's wrong? You just said, "Oh fuck!" You ruin a show. Yeah. Then I would have been like, "All right, well, do you really want to know?" All right, David Bowie. You know. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, honestly, we... I don't think he's dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, we're talking about him like he's not dead. This is. We could have done this episode any other. We could. Have, you could do a David Bowie episode any time. Right. We would have had no problem doing the episode, and it would sound basically the same. Right. And the sentimental thing too is that like he is and he isn't dead because. He's the least dead, dead person, I think, in the world. Yeah. I mean, really, he's, I mean, his physical body is dead, right? Yes. He's, he's dead. But the guy left such a fucking undeniable, long-lasting mark on pop culture worldwide yeah. that he's kind of not dead. That's why I feel so bad for his family because he's really dead to them. Well, I mean, yeah. But to us, sure. there's so much David Bowie out there that I probably even have yet to discover and stuff. Yeah. That he's kind of not dead to, to to the peep to his fans. But it fucking sucks. Yeah. He's I can't even it just sounds so dumb when you talk about it, you just keep saying he's David Bowie. Like you just keep saying his name. Yeah. Cuz the du- I I just don't he's one of the heaviest dudes ever. It's incredible. And it, the like it's it's so interesting you look at him a lot of his song, like the songs where he look, his visual style is like so, like kind of like interesting and like gender neutral. He's playing like stripped down regular rock songs. Yeah, and but it's they're like this was groundbreaking, and it, that guy played. He knew how to make a very normal great song. He knew how to make a weird song. Like yeah. it's just fucking. I mean, he crazy. went from like just kind of like toned down mod rock to like hard rock. And yeah. then we're like, oh, well, this is interesting. And it was conceptual and weird. And then you're like, yeah. And then he goes, well, now I'm doing soul music. And you're like, oh, I mean, fuck, that worked too. I guess you're like, when he dressed that's preppy. That's thing now. He's like, well, actually not anymore because now I'm doing like dance stuff. And you're like, I did I this. Mean- <laughs> there's this drawing I did a long time ago. It used to be in my house, but it was like of a guy with like holding up high water pants. This is 100% a drawing of David Bowie. Right, yeah. I just cut the head off and I, cha- I didn't put suspenders on it because I didn't want anyone to know. It's 100% a drawing of David Bowie. Yeah. <laughs> when he was doing the fucking, th- when he was doing that thing. The like pr- the super waspy thing, which I think he kind of hated. <laughs> There's I yeah. is behind the music on that tour, which I forget what was the huge changes might have been the huge hit from that tour. Yeah, but like one of his friends was like, "What are you doing?" And he just went, "I don't even know." Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a quote in here where one of his albums, Station to Station, I think it's Station to Station, where yeah, he apparently was doing so much drugs. He says, "I don't remember making that record." I remember it was in L.A. because I read it was in L.A. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> he was on so much. Coke. I mean, that was the seventies, and there's there was a lot of that then. I mean, Neil Young, I think, had a couple of those where he was just like, I was like really fucked up and like, yeah. sick. I didn't even. He like in a 
fever dream sort of like state wrote down by the river. Yeah. Like barely remembers. One of Oasis records, they said that he's like, he goes, uh, yeah, this one record, we were so coked up, it's terrible, but we still sold six million copies. All right, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, I mean, they don't make them like that anymore, man. It's hard, it's hard to see a, I mean, maybe this is just like us as old dudes being like. That's the thing, though. We're not. Old. I know, like, but this I, is what I wonder, old, old people say. But maybe, maybe the 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 way music is right now is so open that maybe it's the a really good situation to make someone like that because you can do so many different things. It's so much easier to make music. But I was thinking about that too. Is because he didn't come up in a time when it was really easy to make music digitally and there wasn't Pro Tools and things like that. Synthesizers exist, but they wouldn't... Pro- he still had to learn how to make good songs. And he still yeah. had to... I think that mechanism of musicians having to learn how to make music on musical instruments <laughs> tied you to music history more. Because the way you learn is you play old music. Yeah, I mean, he... He's also he was an actual musician. Like he from when he was a kid, he was like he learned instruments and yeah. like knew how to play them. But yeah, you had to like, I mean, more than just like learning about like the history or whatever. You used real musicians. So yeah. if you were like going to have a backing band, it was going to be people from all walks of life. You had, you know, white people from Detroit, black people from Philadelphia, fucking yeah. so and so from whatever other parts of the country who were trained. And knew the history. So you brought all those people into one room. Like you couldn't just pull shit up on a computer or hit buttons on like, you know, yeah, a, board. Or a, a rig. Yeah. You had to bring in if you you're like, oh, I want a chorus on, you know, young Americans or whatever. You had to bring five or six people in to the studio. Yeah. And then you had to have all your instrumentalists all in there, all yeah. in one room for however many, you know, days or weeks it took to record these things. Yeah. So like you were tethered to and those people created influences and they had a say and they changed what was happening and now because it's all you can do it so by yourself you could just sit in a fucking one bedroom apartment and just go i'm making an album yeah and i wonder if that i think i think you get two things from that you can be a the most creative person possible because or ever because you have access to literally everything right but it also can lead to I don't know, just like super simple garb, homogenized garbage. It's the kind of thing where, like, I wonder. I would love to see someone like Gary Clark Jr. get hyper weird, because yeah. he's so well versed in traditional music making, traditional right. rock music making, and blues and things like that. It's like if he, if you were like, here, here's a computer, Gary. You can only use this. It's like, dude, I'd be willing to listen to what that was like. I mean, that, I don't even know if he'd know what to do with it. That's what's so interesting. It's like that. I mean, that's why Bowie was working with someone like Brian Eno. It's like you're doing weird shit over there. What like what, what's with these machines? Right. You know, like is is it was that kind of like newness that led to I think some of the stuff he did. Right. And I, I mean, you'd hope that there are people that hopefully are smart enough and 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 interested enough in music to to learn both things i mean i think that's had a really positive effect on like edm because that's taken it in so many different directions because you just you're sitting there on a computer like putting sounds together and you need so many sounds it has to be nonstop. yeah and but for like for instrument driven like music you know like groups and bands and stuff like i don't know what it's i mean if it's gonna create more artists like this or I wonder because I mean what? now we see there's there's like music is pretty 
it's broken up in all these little areas, but you see like Neo Soul, you know the, the uh, Alabama Shakes, or yeah, uh, Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah, Saint Paul and the Broken Bones. So it's like, well, what's the 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 generation of kids who like that and want to be in a band, but don't necessarily want to sound like those people because they want to stand out. Well, what are they going to do? Are they going to combine that with something else? Right. Well, to do that, they got to learn. They got to learn how to play for real. And then right. what do they combine it with? So hopefully. It's those mixes that turn into but stuff. That's the that's the thing that's like taking away from all that originality is that everything is so subdivided yeah. that people are like, we're gonna do, we're gonna bring back soul, we're gonna do, yeah. we're gonna bring back blues, or we're gonna bring back the eighties or nineties or whatever, and then you just get people that are just copying something else for yeah. the most part. Now it yeah. can be really well done. Like St. Paul and the Broken Bones and Alabama Shakes are really talented people and they make good music, but. I mean, are we going to look back at Alabama Shakes in the same way we look back on like David Bowie and Prince and Neil Young and yeah. and, and all these other artists? I, would say I don't the, think so. I think the Alabama Shakes second record is kind of it's very different from the first record. But yeah, yeah. you want to see them be like, okay, you guys are really good. Fucking break out. Yeah, do something where you're like, oh, whoa. Yeah, like, what do a is record this? people hate. <laughs> Yeah. Do something super weird. Have you a have really the talent. stark divide. Be like, this is a fucking love-hate thing. Now. And because most money comes from touring, I'd go see... If, if the Alabama Shakes released a record now that I hated, I'd still go see them because there's going to be two albums worth of songs that I really like. Yeah. And they do big shows. Like They're not an easy band to get tickets because they're no... People know they're really good live. You know who's who's starting to do that kind of thing right now? And only time will tell where where it goes. Is Tame Impala? Okay, I don't know who that is. So they he mostly it's one guy, but he plays with a band. But he does he's one of those dudes that like I write all the music, you know, right. and then we play it live. So they're kind of like a psychedelic rock outfit, right? Uh-huh. So and they're really good. So they had a, an album that kind of started getting them attention called Inner Speaker, and then they put an album two years ago called Lonerism, and it is fucking on the money dude it's like really cool 70s ish like psychedelic rock it's mm-hmm. fucking great there's so many good songs wall to wall great album then he puts out an album this year or in 2015 called currents and P- the buzz was already out like it's a departure from what they're doing he just went in a totally different direction it's like more electronica but still rock the opening tracks like eight minutes long yes and you're like what and but so a part of you feel you're like, but lonerism was so good, and this is what you're doing, and I want like more of that. But then you're like, just have a little faith in this guy. Like, yeah. he's good, he's talented, he's taking a risk. Maybe it'll fucking pay off. And if it doesn't, maybe they'll go back and do what they were doing and have learned from this departure and add a little bit of that to the next one. Careers are long. Artists take risks. They try. It's not just one one album for one album. Yeah, let the dude do his thing. So. He's very good. He's very talented. The band's great. He put out Currents, and it was one of the best albums of the year last year. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, the things he was doing in it, you're like, the combination of, like, genres and sounds. You listen to that whole album, you're just like, there's like four music genres in here. Yeah. And now, I mean, I'm the nice thing about being older is you, uh, when I, when, if I like a band and I, and I get, and then I hear they did a really weird album, I'm like, all right. Yeah. It gives me faith in them. Like, oh, I get to like you for a long time. And that's the one thing that should, I think, be taken away from like the current state of music is that you can do whatever you want. 
Yeah. So if you are sitting there like, all right, we've put out two albums that are like hard rock hits, but we want to, you know, do another one where we like introduce a little bit of electronica or country or folk or whatever or a mash of all of it, and we don't know how it's going to sound. I mean, the cost, the risk is all very low now. Yeah. Just fucking put it out. Yeah. It's not like MTV's going to stop playing your shit. They're not playing anybody's shit. Yeah. Are you worried about the radio? No one's on the radio. No one gets yeah. their music from the radio. Yeah. Write the album, record it, put it on Spotify, see what happens. Yeah. And then move on. You can do that in comedy now. Yeah. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And you go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a, a series of videos and put them on YouTube. I'm mm-hmm. going to record an album and put it online. No one can tell you not to. Yeah. And then time will tell whether what you did is good or bad or just a stepping stone to the great thing you did three years later or so on and so forth. But like now's the time for like people like this to become the next, you know, Bowie or Prince or whatever, because it's the tools are at your disposal and everything's free. That's what I was thinking. I, I wanted to like if there's any like thing people should do because of the death of David Bowie. It's like emulate that dude. Yeah. Like and see where it takes you for real. Everyone go out and try to be a little more like David Bowie. I tweeted that today. I was like, today should be National Dress Weird Day. He should have a holiday. Yeah. I bet they should have one in England for sure. Yeah. But yeah, just go, like, try to be like that dude. He did it right. Yeah, go do something that you normally would be like, yeah, I'd I'd get looks for that or people would make fun of me. And then do that thing. I'm looking at his Ashes to Ashes video. He dressed as a mime. Right. (laughs) Guys. Do you realize the bravery it takes to dress as a mime? Yeah. How many of you dress like a mime ever in your life? Yeah. <laughs> Not counting Halloween. And made it work? Do you understand how hard that is? Yeah. Fucking modern love? That's a banger. That's the hit when he was like super preppy looking. Yeah, that was a big one. Great hair. Got um, an untied bow tie on? Fuck. I think, uh, I think Man Who Sold the World, I think, was the album cover where he was just wearing a woman's dress. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that's it. <sighs> that dude. It was, yeah, that. I'm pretty sure that's it. And that was his third album. Yeah. Not a lot of people, and he was just like, I'm going to wear a dress. And that was like... 1970-whatever. 1970. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Dude, I mean, I don't know, man. There's not a lot... You don't get a lot of people like that that pass through the world and like leave that kind of mark on any society, you know. No. So he is he's he conquered the whole world and did it for a long time and yeah. did it right and it was fucking he's Bowie, man. That's why when that guy when when Alan the writer of this book said that he goes you got to understand all anyone wanted to be was Bowie. Yeah. That punks who were all about just like fuck everything, everything sucks, but not Bowie. <laughs> it's like no, no, we're just trying to be Bowie, man. This guy's the shit. I always had a repulsive need to be something more than human. Uh. <laughs> oh That's man, weird. I hope there. I hope. I mean, I hope after. You know, I hope. I hope Iman talks about him. I, I want. I would love to see like a long interview. It's like, tell us about that guy. Because he's, I mean, the mystery around, like, I don't know a lot about him personally, or I just, you're just like, yeah, he's the best thing ever. Like, I want to know what that dude was sort of like. I'd love to hear his kids talk about him. 
Like this is what he was like at home. I'm the opposite. I think you don't want anything. I think everything we need is out there. Yeah, I, I mean that's true for sure. Yeah, you don't need. It. He gave us plenty. Right. But again, I mean, I I looked up kind of watches the guy wore. I saw right. a picture. I was like, "What's that one? I don't recognize. What the fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. So I looked it up. Um, I priced him very reasonable. Very reasonable. <laughs> yeah. dude didn't wear an outlandish watch. Very normal. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have everything we already need. You know, like the the getting in. I mean, there's a reason he kept his personal life personal. He was smart because it. He was he was giving you everything that he wanted to give you, and yeah. then you took it, and then we've carried that impression of him along, which is which is all that is. If you're an artist, you're giving out your impression of you and the world, and then the 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 fans and whoever take that, and they go, great, that's David Bowie. But when people start digging into all the other shit, it's like it it'll change. It pollutes it. Yeah, it changes yeah. your perception. It's like, well, so what if he fucking you know didn't care about the environment enough, and you're and you really do? You're gonna like the guy less now. Yeah, he was not caring about the environment when he fucking wrote Hunky Dory. Yeah, so there's no difference. Yeah, but then it'll like plant that fucking seed in your head where he, you know, did one or two things that you don't agree with. Yeah. And which, you know, for the most part with artists are minor little things, but you go, oh, I thought he was cooler than that. It's like, no, you didn't. You don't know anything about him. Yeah. You know, his albums, you know, his movies, you know, this, you know, that. And that's all you should be left with. But man, that guy, it sounds it's 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 he's so great. You sound silly saying he's great because it's just about the most obvious thing in the world. Yeah. It's like saying water is wet. But David Bowie, he's David Bowie was just so David Bowie. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's saying so his name. Bowie about it. Bowie, like he's the David Bowie of being David Bowie. Yeah, man. There's not. They don't make him like that anymore. I wish they did. There's a lot of people trying to pretend they're gonna be David. Yeah, Bowie. who is who's gonna be the next? Like, dude, I don't know. Who's the, we don't have one now? I'll tell you that. I don't think they're. I think they're under the age of 21 if they exist at all. Probably they're going to come from a place we had no idea they were going to come from. I, I hope so. I don't think it's America. Yeah, I mean it usually isn't. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's somebody going to going to going to take a bunch of shit and combine it in a way we're all going to be like, whoa, yeah, and they're going to do it in a way that's so mind blowing. Yeah, we. I mean, they're. You know. A healthy like society of any kind needs people like this. You know, you need to have artists that are doing things like this that like fucking unify, that bring people together and go, we can enjoy this. This is an expression of, you know, who we are. But who the who there's there isn't that now. I mean who are the big stars now are like Justin Timberlake and Katy Perry and Lady Gaga and and, and yeah. Taylor Swift and people like that who are like fine they have talent they can play instruments and they make good pop songs but like I don't know that I guess the closest would be Taylor Swift like she's making a mark and she's touching people because she writes her own music and yeah. it's like you know well thought out and all that stuff and but, but the rest the, of them like- are. are you know, they came out of a fucking laboratory. But I even guess, with but. Taylor Swift, it's like, where's the weird bravery? And maybe that's not her taste. No, she's a pop star. But it's she not. has the power to do it. People sure, go yeah. along with her. Yeah, there's no unique, weird sort of like, oh, that's coming from the depths of your fucking twisted soul. There's yeah. none of that. But I mean, she's she's not that type of artist. And you can't knock her for just not having that in her. You know, she does what she does very well. I guess you could say Kanye. Kanye is yeah he's a creative dude 
he's creative and weird and there's a lot of love hate yeah for him his music's good yeah kanye pushes it we, i don't I, I think it'd be we, we can't like not mention that dude yeah he's like very heavily involved but again, in the what style you, world what you said about personal life his personal life ruins a lot of shit for me his personal life is yeah it's way too out there but that that is the difference between then and now yeah I think then there was you know there was obviously no gossip magazines no TMZ no internet so people could just fucking I want to know this so we're going to dig and find out and then it's everywhere people just chose what they put out there you yeah. know but now it's like your insides are your outsides yeah you know they're they're all over the place whether you like it or not yeah you know? You marry someone like Kim Kardashian, it's like, you know, good luck having a private life in any way anymore. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe that's a part of who he is as an artist where he's like, there is no secret. Yeah, there's no secret. N- there's no naivete. He didn't, like, meet her when she was unfamous. Like, he went for that thing. It was a part. There was something about yeah. that that appealed to him. So, whatever. Which, who knows what Who knows what that was. Yeah. But no, dude. It's, yeah. This is a rough one. It is, man. It is. I woke up. It was the first thing I thought of when I woke up. I opened my eyes and I was like, fucking David Bowie's gone. Yeah, man. The whole drive home from San Diego last night, I just listened to Bowie the entire way. And then I woke up and all morning was just like, it was just Bowie. Yeah. So my suggestion to you guys listening, go out, get all the Bowie music you can get your hands on. Yeah. Go get a fucking sweet Bowie t-shirt. Yeah. Draw a lightning bolt on your face. Do Put a lightning bolt on your cat. Do whatever. Get a tattoo. Yeah. Go go get your weird on, man. Yeah, go get a little mini mini lightning lightning bolt somewhere. Uh by the way, if you want a pin, if you think there aren't plenty of David Bowie pins out yeah. there. And if you think in the next three weeks there aren't gonna be fifty times oh, more. We're about to be in a David Bowie enamel pin renaissance. Right. So ready yourself. Yeah. You're gonna see Homer Simpson with the lightning bolt on his face. Oh yeah. You're gonna see a lot of that. So if that's going to be your thing, get re- ready your bank accounts, ready your PayPal, because it's about to get busy out there. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, if you're not, if you haven't gotten into the music in any way, uh, it's all obviously online: iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify. Try to go in order. I think that'll be a more rewarding <clears throat> thing. That's a good way to do it with him, because you, yeah, you get to see the evolution of an yeah. artist pretty much. But like, because uh, there's hits along the way, you're going to get a hit. Every you know, yeah. Every album has you know one, maybe a song two. You already heard and like. But what's what I mean? What's good about him is like a lot of his albums were concept albums. Yeah. So like you, can, there's a lot of best of Bowie stuff. So I guess you could do that and like hear. Oh yeah, these were his hits. You'll come across a couple where you're like, oh that was Bowie in it, you know. Um, but listen to the fucking whole albums because you get an idea of what this guy was doing. Like way back then, you know, you listen to like Ziggy Stardust and like Diamond Dogs and and space oddity and stuff like they were it wasn't just a collection of songs they were like conceptual pieces of work yeah everyone knows space oddity but it's like what was the song he wrote to go with it what is the song he thought was a good idea to put after it on the record that shit's interesting yeah i mean there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of stuff on there where you could go like signet committee is a great song on that album um god knows i'm good is a really good one but those are songs where you're like, I think I've heard this, but you're like, yeah, that's a fucking Bowie song, and that was on an album where you only ever really heard that one, the actual song "Space Oddity" on on the radio and stuff. Yeah. Um, and "Hunky Dory" is a good one. Like his first like five albums or something like that, five or or six even. Um, and then he gets a little more experimental and different. He goes into like dance stuff in the '80s and stuff after like Heroes and and all that shit. 
Um, Fuck Heroes. Jesus. Yeah. By like the 83 or something, Let's Dance came out. and then you know. Heroes is a huge hit you've heard a million times that you could hear a million more times and it does not bother you in any way. Yeah. Um, I never turned that song off. Yeah. I mean, and that was like just one of the ones on the um, fucking album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot out there. I mean, but I would start from the very first one and go into the mid 80s. Uh, he was in a couple bands before he was David Bowie, too. Yeah, when he was yeah, when he was way younger. Cut out some stuff. Um, Look up that clip of him defending men with long hair. It's funny. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there now. I mean, you should fucking type it in the Twitter search bar, Google, and there's just like a thousand articles coming out. Of you minute. could have a channel. <laughs> you, you could have could, a yeah. David Bowie channel on television. You could easily. But yeah, that's a, another another hero. Yep, gone. Hero's a good thing to call him. Dude's a hero. Another legend. Yeah. Well, that's it. Um, I hope this wasn't too much of a bummer episode, but it's on everyone's fucking mind. It's definitely on ours. So we yeah. were going to do something. We're going to pretend to not. We were going to do something different. That if in red, like it would have been hard to get yeah, through without bringing him up. Real stupid to do it. We would have gone on like a sidetrack, and then it would have <laughs> yeah. turned into an episode about David Bowie anyway. But yeah. you know what? You don't get a lot of these guys in life. So when you do, and they're gone, you talk about them. You pay respects in whatever way you want. Anyway, I'm going to go listen to David Bowie for the rest of the day. Do the same. <laughs>